0: It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber.
1: All right, welcome into this podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here on your favorite podcast location, whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We really appreciate you taking the time to download, tune in, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And that's right, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, take a second Hit that subscribe button because if you are subscribed to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, whether it's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, you will receive a notification when the latest edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast is up and available for you to download, listen to, and enjoy. Whether you're uh, working out, riding around in the car, maybe going for a little bit of a walk around the neighborhood, whatever your plans have for you, make Southern Race Week Radio's podcast a part of your day and uh what an exciting weekend of racing at martinsville i gotta tell you the even my friends who are not even nascar fans have called me up asking me about what what is Rod Ch- what did ross chastain do on the wall there that got him to go to go on to the championship four. i i gotta tell you it's it was probably one of the most craziest endings to a race I've ever seen, especially in an elimination race, which is going to be determining the championship for drivers that will battle it out for a championship at Phoenix this upcoming weekend. So before we talk about what happened with Ross Chastain, of course, a lot of big stories come out of the Xfinity Series with Ty Gibbs, who has now become the newest bad guy in the Xfinity Series after bumping his teammate and fellow Georgia driver Brandon Jones out of the way because this is how it could have worked out. If Brandon had won the race at Martinsville, he would have advanced into the championship four and battle it out for a championship at Phoenix in an Xfinity series with his teammate, Ty Gibbs, who had already punched his ticket. He was already going into the championship four, but because of what whatever situation uh, at Joe Gibbs racing, Ty Gibbs pushed Brandon, pretty much punted him, out of the way wrecked him and went on to win that race at Martinsville, the Xfinity series. But uh, a lot of controversy as to uh, punting his teammate out of the way, not giving him an opportunity. If he had won the race, he would have been battling out for a championship at Phoenix, but now he is not. And now three junior motorsports cars and one Joe Gibbs racing machine piloted by Ty Gibbs will battle it out for a championship in the Xfinity series uh, this upcoming weekend. At Phoenix, but a lot of exciting action, and then of course the whole situation with Ross Chastain. And if you have not seen the move he made to advance himself in the championship four. And uh, told Denny Hamlin, sorry, buddy, uh, I'm putting you out of the way to go for a championship for uh, track house racing as well. Uh, check that out on YouTube. I mean, it looks. a lot of people have compared it to a, a video game move, and it definitely looks like a a video game move for sure. So, uh, man, just so much excitement after Martinsville. It really gets me fired up and excited for uh, Phoenix. This upcoming weekend is going to be the last race of the year for the uh, Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and Cub Series. And we'll be uh, crowning champions at that event coming up uh, this weekend at Phoenix. But uh, real quickly, uh, in case you hadn't seen what happened, here is your uh, racing recap of the weekend of racing from Martinsville in NASCAR. And then also the exciting action from NHRA in Las Vegas this past weekend as well. Uh, The truck series were not in action at Martinsville this past weekend, but they have their four drivers who will be battling out for a championship at Phoenix. Here are your four drivers in the Truck Series who will battle it out for a championship. Ty Majeski, Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, and Chandler Smith. One of those four young men will come away with a victory and a championship if they can be the top finisher amongst these four at Phoenix. Now, over in the Xfinity Series, as we mentioned, Ty Gibbs was your winner of the race. Sheldon Creed was the runner-up. Riley Herbst finishing third. Noah Grayson in fourth. And Justin Allgaier rounding out the top five. Now, here are the uh, four drivers who will battle it out. For a championship in the Xfinity Series. Ty Gibbs, Noah Grayson, Josh Berry, and Justin Allgaier. So three junior motorsports machines. And Ty Gibbs representing Joe Gibbs Racing. Now over in the Cubs Series. A lot of exciting action. Because Christopher Bell. Who won the race. Was one of those drivers who needed a win. To advance to the championship four. And he did that. Starting 20th. He led 150 laps comes away with the win, and will be one of those drivers in the championship four. Kyle Larson was your runner-up. Ryan Blaney finishing third. Ross Chastain is fourth, and Denny Hamlin was fifth. And how about this? Ross Chastain went from 10th to fourth in that final lap, making that crazy move along the wall at Martinsville to not only finish fourth, he finishes ahead of Denny Hamlin, And with that, Ross Chastain advances to the championship four, and Denny Hamlin will not race for a championship. Here are your four Cup Series drivers who will battle it out for that championship on Sunday: Joey Logano, Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, and Chase Elliott. Those are your four drivers battling out for a championship. Now, also this past weekend, the NHRA was in action. Erica Enders wrapped up her fifth Pro Stock championship. With another NHRA Nevada Nationals win. And will sh- and also share the winner's circle with Brittany Force. Uh, Brittany came away with a victory and a Wally this past weekend. Uh, Matt Hagen also closed the points gap on Robert Height in Funny Car with a Wally win this past weekend. So congratulations to those three uh, drivers who came away with wins. And if you want to see the other drivers who won Wally's at Vegas this past weekend, just head on over to NHRA.com and click on results on this edition of the southern race week radio podcast we'll be speaking with nascar xfinity series driver for alpha prime racing julia landauer and also prns at the track lenny baticki will have the latest in short track news for us and then also we'll break down the world of nascar with doug turnbull of the performance racing network all that straight ahead for you here on this week's edition of the southern race week radio podcast
2: Hey, this is Jamie McMurray, and you're listening
1: to
3: Southern Race Week.
1: All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. It's Alfie, continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. I'm very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line as she just raced this past weekend in the Xfinity Series at Homestead Miami Speedway for Alpha Prime Racing. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Miss Julia! Landauer thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Radio hopefully you're having a great day today my friend
2: I am and that is the best introduction I've ever had for for a podcast or for a recording so thank you that was very cool Hey, when we have
1: a big deal guest on, we got to give them a big deal introduction, as i like to say, and you are a a big deal in the world of racing as you've made your way up through the ranks. But before we kind of talk about your weekend at Miami Homestead and and kind of your career at this point, maybe for some of our listeners who don't know much about you, because this is your first time on Southern Racing Radio, maybe tell us a little bit about what got you into the sport and where you kind of started and how we got to where you are today.
2: Yeah, you bet. And it's great to be here. So thank you for inviting me. I got my start in racing when I was 10. years old in go-karts, a little two-cycle, two-cylinder go-kart up in the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area where I'm from, and I loved it. I loved that I was a little kid that could maneuver these machines, and I was winning in my first season, um, you know, and through the help of my parents and, and everything, I moved up to Formula Car Racing, and I raced in the Skip Barber Racing Series, and at 14, I became their first female champion, which was super cool, big confidence boost. Um, Did a little more open-wheel stuff, and then when I was 16, I switched over to Ford Focus Midgets, and I raced with Bob East out in Indiana for about seven races that season. Got a win there, saw I could be competitive on oval stuff. And then for the next handful of years, kind of through high school and college, I raced part-time in Legends cars and some late model stuff, East Coast, West Coast, Southeast, all that stuff. Um, And then when I graduated college, I moved to Charlotte. I raced, um, in a limited late model series at motor mile speedway with Lee Pulliam. Um, and that was incredible. It was, you know, we won the first two races, won half the races that season got the championship. It was just like, Oh, cool. I'm, I'm a good NASCAR driver. This is fantastic. And, um, was able to use that momentum to run some k and West stuff. Um, I finished fourth in points my first year there. Um, then, you know, Funding got a little tougher the farther up we moved, and so I did some part-time racing in the Pinty Series, uh, the Canadian NASCAR Series. Um, And then my last full season was in 2020 in the European NASCAR Series. I lived over there for three months and raced there, and it was so much fun, so cool. COVID was a little tough, but made it work. And then um, last year was pretty slow, but we got a little rebirth this year with getting sponsorship for the new hampshire xfinity race that allowed me to dip my toes into the very challenging xfinity series um and it got me approved for 1.5 miles and i was able to get additional sponsorship to go race in homestead this last weekend so whirlwind tour of of who i am
1: now a lot of drivers that i talked to they kind of grew up in the sport for you personally did you grow up in the sport was there any racing in your family or is this something you just kind of discovered just on your own
2: yeah, so I do not come from a racing family. Uh, my parents made the decision that they wanted to do something with their kids that kept us all together and working together on the weekends. Um, and they, you know, it's me, my sister, my brother, my, so my parents wanted to find something that was competitive, but also co-ed that was important for them. Um, their girls were gonna have to deal with guys in the real world anyway, why not start in, in sports if we can. And so then we got into racing. So we like I, you know, we watched Formula One growing up, once I started racing on ovals and started watching more NASCAR, but I wouldn't say I come from a racing family.
1: Now, let me ask you, as your parents, as you kind of got into the sport, and, and it is a dangerous sport, we, we all know that it's a dangerous sport, what was your parents' reaction to see you kind of get, you know, maybe they saw this as a hobby at first, but now they see it as for you now becoming more of a career aspiration, what was their attitude towards what you were doing once they kind of saw that this was kind of the direction you were going to go?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So I think we all kind of knew that I had potential, and we were going to try to make it work. By the time I was 15 or 16, um, so it was still quite early. Where it was like, all right, let's see how far we can take this. They understood kind of the the mechanics and physics of the cars. They knew that they were safe, you know, and they knew that they were challenging, and they, you know, just wanted to help me and my sister while she was racing, my brother while he was racing, just really reach our potential and give us that vote of confidence, which I'm so grateful for. And so yeah, you know, they were always super supportive. And I think we would have liked it to have kind of been a little bigger a little sooner. Um, but as you know, just the, the financial aspect of racing is so, so challenging. And we're making it work now. So it's a little delayed, you know, would have liked to have been at this point, maybe a little while ago, but um, I'm here now. And it's very, very exciting.
1: Speaking with Julia Landauer here on this week's edition of the Race Week Radio, as we discussed her race this past weekend. Let's look at that. This uh, You are at Miami Homestead Speedway this past weekend. You said you had your first race uh, back in New Hampshire in July. Uh, what was it like, the experience of driving these Xfinity Series cars? And you had such a long gap between, you know, obviously the race back in July. So how was that delaying as well as, as getting accustomed to the ride of the car and all of that as you, you know, got ready for Miami Homestead.
2: Yeah. So to put it in context for everyone listening, like, you know, 2020 was my full-time racing. I didn't really do much last year. So then it had been in New Hampshire. It had been, I think, almost three years since I had raced on an oval and it had been basically a year and a half since I had raced competitively at all. So that was a big jump in and of itself, but it was a short track. It was something where like, you know, I was familiar with the rhythm. I had been there before the car was very challenging and it's a lot faster. It's heavier. You know, the competition is so, stiff in the in the Xfinity. This is clearly one of the most competitive years there. But then, so to go to Homestead, it was like, okay, biggest oval track I'd ever been on. And I'd never been on a 1.5 mile track. I had never gone 180 miles an hour in a car. And I was really nervous. I had like big old bundle of nerves the week leading up to it. By the time we got a little closer and showed up to the track, I was feeling more prepared and confident. But then it was kind of a mess because our, we only get 20 minutes of practice, right? And then you qualify, which For someone who has minimal seat time over the last few years, that's a challenge in and of itself. Um, But then it was on and off raining. So they cut our practice down to 10 minutes. I think I got like 13 laps. And... It was just like getting used to being near the wall, which I did not do in practice. And or I, I tried, but I wasn't comfortable up there and just getting used to the rhythm of floating a car into the corner instead of the heavy braking that you have at a shorter track. That was also had to get used to didn't have the strongest qualifying of my life. But then throughout the race, my goal was just to run all the laps, keep improving, get more comfortable, understand the car, learn about it more. And every stage, um, you know, I got faster and faster. I was doing, I was kind of the most competitive around other cars at the end of a long run. Um, So that was cool that on like really degraded tires I was still able to make passes and everything. And we finished nine positions better than we started. So overall it was a very solid, clean, good foundational race for the future.
1: And when you participate in events like this, it's a great opportunity for other teams to, to take a look at you, see what you can do, your accomplishments, and, and also maybe learn a little bit about you. Do you find this as a networking opportunity for you as well to be able to introduce yourself to maybe maybe some sponsors who are a part of NASCAR who might be maybe a part of other teams or maybe for other owners to have an
2: opportunity to see what you can do? I think it's a good way to introduce, especially to teams and just become more, more well-known in the industry, especially with the teams. I think with the sponsors, a lot of times they're pretty heavily committed to whichever driver or car they're already sponsoring. Um, But I think to show that with such little seat time that I could hold my own that I was respectful of the leaders that all of that I think that's always really good. And, um, you know, people in industry know how challenging it is and know what's going on. So it's only a good thing to be able to be there. But there really are like such fast paced weekends, like you show up you you get through tech and you do practice and then you're out and then you're in the next day and getting ready to race. So it's It's really fast, but it was really cool for my partners and prospective partners to kind of see what the whole thing is like, because we brought a lot of first time race attendees to the infield and they got to sit on the pit box and kind of see what it's all about. And it's truly electric. Um, So I was really happy with that.
1: Now, let me ask you, this is a sport that's dominated by men for many years, as we've known. But over the last few years, we've really seen women participate more in truck series races, Xfinity. Um, you know, even the Arcus Series race, they had a record number of women in an event at in Milwaukee. A lot of women are, are participating in the short track racing at their home tracks or anything like that. Now that you kind of introduced yourself into this world of racing and, and people are garnishing your attention, how do you feel about seeing more women participating in the sport of racing? And not only that, but also gaining respect from the men.
2: I love it. I, I think that There are so many nuanced things about being a woman or being anyone who's different in any given, you know, industry. And I love that we're slowly starting to normalize it. When I was a kid, you know, 15 years ago, when I was a teenager racing, there were so few examples. And there were so few examples at the grassroots level, at the mid level and at the high level. And then obviously we had Danica and we've had Pippa Mann and we've had Simona and like a handful of people who have been at those higher levels. But we're also seeing so much more in the development. And I think that's almost like a little more attainable for other girls or families who have girls who might want to go racing um, to see the the journey and the process. So I'm really happy with that. I know that it was a huge deal. There was one k race back in either 2016 or 2017, where we had three women in the field and that was like unheard of. And so the fact that now there are so many more races where there are at least three, if not four women, I think that's super cool. I do think that we continue to have some, Some kind of more invisible obstacles that make it a little challenging to keep climbing and keep moving up. But I think we're seeing a big change, and I love that we're also seeing a change on the engineering side, on the team side. But there's still a long way to go. Don't get me wrong, but it's definitely better than it was. You know, when I was younger.
1: Now, Julie, if our listeners want to continue with your progress, maybe check out what your plans might be for 2022 or the rest of the year, and also maybe in the 2023 where they, where can they go to keep up with you, follow along with your career and, and what uh, big news you have coming up for, for your racing plans?
2: Yeah, I'm super big on social media. So at Julia Landauer across, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, my website's julialandauer.com. We're hoping to put together a more robust schedule for next year. So I update that regularly. I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to reach out and um, yeah, it's a very exciting, exciting time.
3: Hey, this is Rutledge Wood from NASCAR on NBC, and you are listening to Southern Race Week.
1: All right, welcome back to
2: this brand-new week's edition
1: of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network South. We continue on with this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we've got some great short track racing coming to Charlotte Motor Speedway here November 2nd through the 5th along with other great Short Track news and information that we want to bring to you As we do here every week on Sunday Racing Radio And one of our Short Track gurus Who brings us up to date with the latest Short Track news And information is joining us here Via the Food Depot hotline Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Host of PRN at the track For the Performance Racing Network Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Lenny Butticky
3: Alfie, you are in season championship mode with that. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> well, Mr. Berticchi, we always appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio to keep us up to date on the latest uh, short track news and information you always provide through us uh, throughout the year here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. And before we get up to date on the latest news and information that you have provided for us here, want to let our listeners know about a great event coming up here at the uh, Charlotte Dirt Track, which is just adjacent to uh, the big Charlotte Motor Speedway, the World of Outlaws, World Finals, which will be November 2nd through the 5th. And uh, before we get into all the other uh, short track news and information, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about this great event that will be coming to the uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway dirt track?
3: Well, they've got all three uh, big divisions, the big block modifieds from up north that, uh, you know, we don't really get to see down here. It's amazing to watch what those cars do. The late models, Dennis Herb may have the championship. But there's a lot of hustle and bustle, a lot of the hot stove news going on, driver switching teams, premiering them at the races. This is going to be a, uh, a real eye-opener for a lot of folks with the, uh, the late models. And the points battle between uh, the sprint cars, man, David Gravel going after Brad Sweet. Can Sweet hang on? Can Gravel pass him? They have all the opportunity to bring it down right to the last lap of the World of Outlaws World Finals at the Dirt Track at Charlotte Motor Speedway on Saturday, November 5th. But, you know, we're going to kick the week off uh, on Tuesday from 530 to 7 with our Bill Stein Presents PRN's at the track live, pre-race show, where we're going to have all kinds of drivers and interesting folks for an hour and a half on a free purview, so you won't have to pay. Pit Row TV will provide the uh, coverage, and folks will be able to tune in and uh, see us chatting with uh, drivers and personalities for about an hour and a half, uh, kind of getting us set on uh, November 1st, which is Tuesday. 5.30 to 7 on pitroad.tv, a free preview provided by Bill Stein.
1: And once again, November 2nd through the 5th will be the event, the World of Outlaws World Finals at the Dirt Track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And tickets are still available, so if you want to travel out there and check out all that exciting action, just head on over to charlottemotorspeedway.com or call 800-455-FANS to get your hold on those tickets and also broadcasting it on dirtvision.com coverage uh, November 2nd through the 5th so you can check out all that information if you can't make it out to the event you can also watch it online as well but uh, Mr. Patiki uh, before we went on the air here you were mentioning to me that we got a lot of great uh, short track news and information that you want to provide to our listeners so uh, let's get to it right now as uh, we got the latest short track news for you. Uh, from Mr. Yeah, Lenny McCickie. The cars
3: so- were running at Lanier last weekend. Uh, Donovan Strauss, one of the big winners there. Boyd Speedway had the Wing Sprint cars in town. Roger Crockett they uh, is one of the winners from that one. Austin Horton and Christopher Clanton won at Sonoya. Uh, they've got their big race in just a couple of weeks, you know. They're uh, going to run for 50,000 plus to win on November 12th. So that's one to keep, uh, you know, your calendar penciled for. And Cochrane had a big race with uh, 121 Nation's own Pearson Lee Williams taking the win down there. Now, this weekend, Atlanta Motor Speedway will host the Legends on their quick oval right there in front of the grandstands. But there's racing all around East Alabama Motor Speedway. has got the National 100. That is a historic, massive event. You've got the Nashville race, the Nashville 400 is going to be going. So a lot of places to go and see grassroots racing and see some big time. This is the part of the year that is so exciting. They work so hard. They try so much. And now it comes down to big money, big championship implications, and it is all on the line. Virtually anywhere you go, it's going to be an exciting time to watch grassroots racing.
1: Speaking with host of PRN at the track, Lenny Batiki on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio as we break down the latest in short track news and information. And um, I had Tim Bryant of Five Flag Speedway on the show last week to kind of break down and preview the big one that's going to be coming up here, the Snowball Derby, the 55th annual snowball derby at a uh, five flag speedway which is always a huge event for that track and a big big event for a lot of drivers all over the united states of america a lot of great former uh, winners have gone on to have spectacular careers in the cub series xfinity and and trucks along the nascar circuit so uh what are your thoughts as we get set here to uh in a few months to run the uh, snowball derby at five flag speedway sir
3: uh, you know, uh, the event itself is so massive, uh, and you're right. From uh, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Eric Jones, Chase Elliott, they've all gone down there. They've all brought big trophies back home, and that is going to be some. Tim Bryant really has uh, his handle on it, and that December date just works so perfect. Everybody can clear their uh, their calendars out and just go down there and slog it all out. Uh, I can't wait to see the entry list because uh, i got a feeling we're going to see some surprise names. Some uh, champions of the past, maybe. And uh, that's always part of the the coolness that energizes that event, even before it gets started, is to see, you know, the wow names that uh, show up there. And I'm expecting big names, uh, you know, to come out after it. And, uh, you know, a kid like uh, Carson Quaffle, who is now back-to-back car store champion, uh, you never know. Uh, he could go down there with that junior motorsports uh, magic, and uh, maybe surprised a lot of folks to uh, how talented that young man really is.
1: And speaking of the Cars Tour Series, they made an announcement that the Cars Tour Series, along with some other events, will be returning to North Wilkesboro next year to do some racing. So uh, how do you feel about that again going on in North Wilkesboro the, uh, next year, it did this year, earlier this year?
3: Oh, I, I think North Wilkesboro is going to be some kind of showcase for so much of motorsports. Just the, uh, the vintage feel that it has throwback feel, if you will, and, uh, you know, all the support from Dale Jr., the Cars Tour, uh, you know, just one of those diamonds that folks will really get to see that haven't been able to see it for whatever reason. Uh, I think North wilkes is going to be a, a must ticket. There's limited amount of seats. I know that looks a little pricey, but I think there's six days, two concerts, all kinds of racing all throughout it. Uh, you're going to want to have your seat so that you can tuck in there and go, wow, I saw it all. Well, Mr. Petiki, if
1: our listeners want to follow along with the latest in short track news and information, of course, they can always listen to PRN at the track, which is available at goprn.com or on your local PRN station. But we're going to go about following you guys on the Internet, maybe social media, to keep up with what's going on in the world of short track news and information, sir.
3: PRN's at the track on Twitter. We're on Facebook and Instagram, but really, PRN's at the track on Twitter will keep you 24-7 up to date with what's going on in grassroots racing. Thanks for having us, Alfie. We will chat with you later. This is Alan Kavanaugh.
2: You're listening to
3: Southern Race Week.
1: All right. Welcome back in this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And it's hard to believe that we're about to wrap up the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season. We'll be in Martinsville this weekend. And the next weekend, it will be the championship four-race at Phoenix, So very excited as we get set to wrap up the season and to kind of help us as we continue to work towards the championship four and other great NASCAR news and information that I've been reading about online. Let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in one of the many voices you hear during network coverage from the Performance Racing Network of NASCAR. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Doug Turnbull. Man,
0: you need to get into some PA announcer, brother. You, you know, you do a great job with this show, but you need to... Yeah, you know, Mark Owens is leaving over there truest Park, man. You need to get on the mic, okay? I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> well, I need an agent, so will you come on and be my agent?
0: Uh, oh, dude, well, I don't even have one, so I don't know that I would make a... <laughs> I, I don't know that I'll make a very good one because I, I give in pretty easily on stuff. So you go for making t- $0.05 cents to $0.10, cents, okay?
1: <laughs> uh, Mr. Turnbull, thank you so much. As always, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Southern Racing Radio. You're a great friend of the show. Uh, how do you feel as we get set to to wrap up another uh, NASCAR Cup Series season?
0: Well, uh, It's really – I think it's going to – it's so – it just has a strange feel in the air, and that, that's completely opinionated. That's just me. Just because you don't really know who has put their flag on the ground, and said you're going to win this championship, or if you won this championship, you're going to have to go through me. No one is really. I mean, I know Joey Logano is locked into the championship four, but even Chase Elliott and all his wins and all the playoff points, he enters Martinsville with an 11 point cushion to the good, I believe if I added that up right. So, it, it, Kevin Harvick gave away a 42 point cushion two years ago in 2020, right? He it, it, he was the man. He and Denny were the were the dudes in the 2020 season. So this year, because of the new car, maybe some other factors, some other equalizing factors. You just from week to week, you don't know who's going to pop their head up and be, you know, king dog. This past week, Kyle Larson went from you know two bad races in a row, one of which we know wasn't his fault, to to winning and absolutely dominating the field. So I have no idea what to expect in Martinsville. I don't even want to try to, in a way, predict it because the spring race was really bad. So we think, okay, well, this one might be really bad because of the car's dynamics. But they could go out there and be too wide and, and running over each other all day. And I wouldn't even be all that surprised, man. So I don't know what to expect in Martinsville, except we know that William Byron has a five-point cushion to the good, and he won there in the spring. We know that Denny Hamlin, who usually runs great there, run, ran terrible in the spring. And we know that Ryan Blaney going head to Martinsville has run traditionally very good at the track. they never uh, never won there. However, Blaney has mortgaged away about thirty points or several dozen points by two late race mistakes the last two weeks. How do we know that that doesn't happen again with the twelve team? So there's there's a lot that could go up or down, and I really don't know what to expect. So there there's the expert analysis there. Who knows? <laughs>
1: Well, looking at the standings right now, as you mentioned, Joey Logano has already punched his ticket. Then we have Ross Chastain, Chase Elliott, and William Byron, your top four. And then the bottom four, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell, and uh, Chase Briscoe. And Ross Chastain is one of those drivers that I think a lot of people are surprised are up there at track house racing. Made a lot of noise early in the season. They kind of faded off as the – uh, as we got to kind of the regular season end of the season, and then they were picking it up a little bit, but Ross has been consistent. He's number two, Chase, yeah. hometown favorite, and also a champion back in 2020, as you mentioned, in third right now, and then, you know, real tight there in those bottom. But as you mentioned, we have a couple of drivers who are outside of that top four who might have a possibility of, of winning this race, and as yeah. you said, a and, lot on the line here. So as you said, the racing might have been not that great early in the season, but now with so much on the line for these look, eight drivers, we like you said, we could see a totally different race.
0: But here's the deal. So, like, let's take Christopher Bell, who's not been one of those guys you immediately think about that that could win Martinsville,
1: right? Christopher
0: Bell also is driving for a Joe Gibbs racing program that has run terribly or run very mediocre at best on road courses. And what happened? Late caution at the Roval, goes in and gets tires, drives around like 15 cars, gets another caution, and then survives a restart, wins the race. Who's to say that couldn't happen in Martinsville? Right? I mean, that's the thing. So, I mean, look, would anybody be surprised if Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell jumped up and won Martinsville? And if that's the case, which drivers are they shuffling back? So, look, so Ross Chastain, for instance, 19 points to the good. That could easily go away. If he has two bad stages, he's right back even with with the cut line, you know, with with Denny Hamlin, basically, right? So, Ross Chastain brush the wall and break a toe link, and that could be it, just like it was with the Roval for Kyle Larson. That's why you every lap is going to matter sunday even if you have to sit through 350 tetted laps because they're not really passing because there's not a tire fall off and they're shifting in the corners and all these different reasons that they think these cars don't perform too long. Well on short tracks but all it takes is one person to spin out and stop and then if you rack them up again we know that these restarts are absolute bedlam. so i, I gotta say you made a comment about ross chastain this dude is driving very much like what we saw earlier in the season, the summer months were doldrums a little bit. I think a lot of that was where on the controversy he was real white hot around him and it may have gotten in his head a little bit and he may have, you know, had a little bit of a frog in his throat driving, but playoffs started and that one team has been on kill most weeks. And, and I think and if you look at the Miami race too, he spent most of his last, like almost all of them in the top 15, I think, but he started the race twentieth, and some of the other guys qualified near the front and didn't spend all that time up there. So, who, it is really hard to predict, and I, that's why I think, and I said it the last time we talked, Alfie, that's why I think this 2022 season is one that we need to pay the proper justice to as being absolutely special, and it sets the bar high.
1: Speaking with Doug Turnbull, the Performance Racing Network, on this week's edition of the Racing Radio, and as we mentioned, we're wrapping up the season here. Before we let you go, uh, Doug, as far as the 2022 season, as far as memories, things that stand out to you, is there one thing, one moment, one race that uh, for you kind of sums up the uh, 2022 season in your eyes? Gosh,
0: one race that sums up the season. If there's one that sums up the season, it might just be how the Roval race finished, where it was completely, the race had a completely different texture, and then at the very end, bam. But, but if there's one that better encapsulates the whole season, why don't we think back to the Southern 500? The Southern 500 had an underdog winner in Eric Jones. It had controversy because of different parts and tire failures and the Kevin Harvick car catching fire and the whole bit. And it had all these different leaders that kept having different problems, and you had no idea who was going to win at the end. It looked like that was going to be Truex's race, engine Bale, Bush's race, Kyle Bush, engine Bale, And then at the end, it was Eric Jones, the underdog, winning. So to me, if there's one race that encapsulates and is like a poster for the all of 2022 in the Cup Series, it might be that Southern 500 that we started the playoffs with.
1: And looking at 2023, Atlanta Motor Speedway, which is our home track, we have a 400-mile race in March and then a night race in July. What are your thoughts on – those changes at ams
0: yeah I, I think that was probably a real good idea to go ahead and file those down to 400 miles and i never used to say that you know i even when atlanta just had one race a year i was like no oh, man, that needs to be 500 we only get one but i think we've seen length, cutting down the length of these races and frankly the super speedway package has been exciting there but it is hard to pass if you get stuck in traffic so Let's not ride around for an extra 100 miles. Let's go ahead and get right to work. The other thing, to, uh, the other thing about it, July needed to be a night race for sure. The attendance was not great in, in the middle of the summer, being 90 degrees plus and high humidity. So hopefully that, that brings a few people back and they can put on a good show and keep two races.
1: All right, well, Doug Turnbull, there he is at the Performance Racing Network. You can also listen to him with his 5 to Go podcast, which is available at goprn.com. Just click on the Shows tab. And, uh, Doug, if our listeners want to follow along with you, keep up with what's going on in the world of NASCAR and yourself, Uh, we're going to go to Keep Up and Follow Along with you, sir.
0: Hey, the best thing is just Twitter, at Doug Turnbull, like a left turn in a male cow. T-U-R-N-B-U-L-L. Doug Turnbull.
1: Well, Mr. Turnbull, we really appreciate you joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. You're a great friend of the show. Uh, enjoy the offseason, season Ken, and looking forward to talking to you again when we get things fired up in 2023, sir.
0: Hey, absolutely. Anytime, but Thank you. Hey, everyone. This is Anthony Alfredo, and you're listening to Southern Race
1: Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. We appreciate you. Tuning in to the radio broadcast as well as the podcast as well. That's right, the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Available for you at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So you can listen to this episode or any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio. Once again available for you on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify. SoundCloud. Just search out for Southern Race Week Radio, make sure you download it, listen to it, and also subscribe to the podcast as well. But uh, once again, I want to thank our great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Once again, thanks to Julia Landauer, Xfinity Series driver, who was just at Homestead Miami Speedway this past weekend. Thanks a lot to Julia for joining us here on the program. Also, Lenny Patiki, host of PRN at the track, And you can check out PRN of the track online at goprn.com. And then also Doug Turnbull of the Performance Racing Network breaking down NASCAR news and information. And he has a podcast as well called The Five to Go, also available at goprn.com. Just. Click on shows, and you can click and listen to it anytime you would like. And also, don't forget about our social media platforms. We have a Facebook page you can check out at facebook.com slash Southern Week. We'd really appreciate it. Hit on over there and like the page. And also, you can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And if you uh, like us and follow us on our social media platforms, it's where you get the latest uh, information in the world of racing, uh, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And then also don't forget about the email address. Feel free to send me an email anytime. Let us know what you think about the program. Or maybe if you're an up-and-coming driver and want to get some attention, we would love to have you on the program. Always love featuring and welcoming in up-and-coming talent in the racing world. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio on the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. mm mm-hmm.